How am I doing, Jay? Am, am I on? Can you see me? Praise the Lord. It's good to see the family of faith today. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you're looking fine this morning. You're looking fine. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It is good. Amen. What an awesome day it is today. Do you know today you are going to hear God's voice? that amazing to hear the voice of the Lord? I don't know all the voices you've been hearing all week, but can I share with you that there's no greater voice than to hear God speak with you right there in the, mo right there in the, in the, in the situation, in the crisis, in the thing that God's going to speak to today? I pray that your heart is open to receive of the Lord. Amen. I believe the Spirit of God has already touched your heart. Amen. I believe the Spirit of the Lord is already here producing a, 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 an atmosphere. Can you hear this? Of freedom. Freedom. Somebody say freedom. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. And you know, it's good to be back uh, into the pulpit again. I've been out several weeks. Y'all know I, I, I went out on vacation. And I know that you probably see that Mexico sun on my face, right? That I got a little, a little more brown than I already was. Amen. And so it's, but it's good to be back and it's good to see the family of faith and the people of God. I so enjoy doing the things of the Lord. I tell my wife, I go on vacation. I so, I so need vacation, but you know, I'm not meant for vacation. I'm meant for the things of God. I don't, I don't like being away from, from my prayer closet. I don't like being away from my devotion or my Bible study time. I, I just love the things of the Lord. And when I go on vacation, I get to do a lot of other things. I was snorkeling and doing all kinds of stuff. First lady, we were out there looking at all the beautiful fish and stuff and having a good time and fishing and doing all the things that you do when you go on vacation. But I miss my prayer closet. I miss getting in doing the work of the kingdom. I, 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 I like to rebuke the devil. I wish I had somebody on that. I like to take authority in Jesus' name. And so it's good to be back. Amen. It's good to be back. It's good to see a lot of you already. Some of you are already coming back from vacation. And here in just a little while, we got our youth that was on, um, on, on their youth camp this past week. And you're going to hear some awesome testimonies from youth camp. Amen. So you'll hear that here just in a minute. But let's do this today. I'm getting back in my series. This series is entitled Made in the Shade. It is a series based on Psalms 91. So let's do this. Let's all stand. And if you have your Bibles, let's go to Psalms 91. And I've got a word for somebody today. And I pray that it's you. I pray it's everybody. But you know, not everybody comes to church for a word. Some people come because they got their religious checklist. You know, I went to church on Sunday. Some people come out of just a matter of fellowship. Can I exhort you today to come to hear his word? If you leave here with the word of God, you left here with what you came here for. If you're in Psalms 91, y'all know we've been in this series, uh, uh, Made in the Shade. And I've got a word for somebody that God is about to go public in your prayer life. Anybody been praying about something? God's going to go public with it. And when God goes public, that means everybody's going to get to see what you've been praying about. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I just said. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. People are going to see what you've been praying about. And when people say, look what the Lord, what, what happened here? So that's what I was asking God for. God's going to go public in your prayer life. Amen. I hope somebody can receive that. And if you're a prayerful person or the things that you put before the Lord as a matter of prayer, God has sent me to tell you he's going to go public. Amen. So you're in Psalms 91. You know, we've covered many of these verses already.
And I'm going to direct you to verse 7. I'm going to take you all the way through verse 13. And when we get to verse 13, I'm going to give most of my, my emphasis to this particular verse, verse 13. And I pray that you just hold on to the things I'm about to share with you because today we're going to do some walking in the kingdom of heaven. Better yet, we're going to do some stomping in the kingdom of God. So if you're in Psalms 91, beginning here at verse 7, I'll read it through verse 13. And of course, I end my series next week verse, verse, with verses 14 through 16. Beautiful message coming to you next week out of this series, Made in the Shade. But let's start here. Verse 7, it says this. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thy eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because, listen to this, now watch what happens. Watch the transition in the verse. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. Listen to what happens. There shall no evil befall thee. Somebody say, no evil. No evil. evil. You got to get this. There shall be no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now watch this, verse 13. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. On the lion and that snake, that serpent. Come on, somebody. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample underfoot. Did y'all get that? So look, I need you to do something for me right now. Keep your Bibles with you. Take your Bible ribbon. And I want you to put it on Psalms 149 because I'm going to go back and I'm going to get that verse. And we're going to look at that. So Psalms 149, because you're already there in Psalms 91. And just put your Bible ribbon there in Psalms 149 because here in just a moment, I'm going to go back and I'm going to give you this as we close out the message. And we're going to see how powerful this particular verse is. Not only Psalms 91, but how it works and co-labors with Psalms 149. We're going to go back and get that. Amen. Y'all ready to pray with me? Come on, we got, we got to get our minds together. Pray with me, pray with me, pray with me. To Heavenly Father, we thank you for your divine presence. For your word is true. You're, you're here with us. You inhabit your very worship, your very praise. Holy Spirit, we depend on you to, to make this message a lasting message. Holy Spirit, we depend on you that this message is not only heard, but it is done. And we may not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. We want this word to be a mission for the week. That, that when we leave here, we've got something to do, not something to hear. So we pray you work here. Do it, Holy Spirit. As only you can do it. We depend completely upon you. For without your help, we can do nothing. Bind this church together with fellowship and love and purpose. Father, as you purpose to take what we're praying about and to go public with the very things we've beseeched you for. Father, there's a spirit of thanksgiving already present. There's a smile already on somebody's face because they've been praying about something. And they've been saying, Lord, I need a word about what I'm praying about. And how beautiful are the feet of them that bring that good news that God is about to go public with your prayer life. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you for this timely word. Thank you for the Lord that, for the word that reaches us in the time of our need. We pray your blessing, your purpose, your strength as we move forward. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Will you go find somebody, give them a hug and tell them God's going to go public with your prayer life. God's going to go public with your prayer. Go find somebody. Go find five people. Go look at somebody and say God's about to go public in your life. Ah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is going to go public in your prayer life. God is going public with your prayer life. God is going public with your prayer life. God is going public with your prayer life. God is going public in your prayer life. Praise the Lord. Touch your neighbor and say, that's good news. That God's going public with your prayer life. Let, let, let me start uh, with the message of joy. Because how many know joy comes in the morning? Joy of the Lord is my strength. Do, do you know, let, let me introduce this. This, this. this is going to help you. St. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Let me quote it for you. The Bible says, and the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, catch this, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Let me say it again for somebody, anybody that understands what prayer is all about, understands how important that verse is. This is what the Bible says. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Subjugate. The disciples were walking in true biblical divine power and exercising authority for God's kingdom. You, you, you know the story because in St. Matthew chapter 10, we know the commissioning. Listen to what they were doing. Jesus said to the disciples, as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Somebody say it's right now. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he gave them the mission, the commission of what they were to do. They were to heal the sick. They were to cleanse the lepers. They were to heal the sick. Cast out devils. Jesus said, freely you've received, freely give. And they were going out into the world to avail for the kingdom of heaven. This is not the first time they've been sent out. They've been sent out many times. And what they're seeing is the power to affect the enemy by the authority of God. 
they are winning the battle. Winning the battle. Somebody say winning the battle. They are winning the battle. And they're coming back to Jesus with joy because they are victorious in the spiritual realm. They are using the authority of the kingdom of heaven to make sure that the purposes and will of God are unfolding before their eyes. God is going public again. That we're able to see the power of God and the purposes of God exercised through the children of God. It is amazing to see it happening. And they're returning with joy. Jesus says this. In fact, if you have your Bible, you can go and look at it. I think it may help you to see it. The Bible says, and the 70 returned again. This is St. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. But watch what Jesus says. St. Luke chapter, chapter 10, verse 18. This is what he says. And I beheld Satan as lightning fall out of heaven. Some people got this attitude that, that, that the devil's trying to fight God. He can't fight God. <laughs> There wasn't a coup in heaven. Je Jesus didn't escape the, the, the work of the enemy. You see, when God dealt with the enemy, pow, like a clap of thunder, he was out of heaven. He says, I beheld it with my own eyes. I saw Satan as lightning fall out of heaven. And you know what he says? Behold, I give unto you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions. Watch this. And over all of the power of the enemy. Somebody say all the power. All the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. I've given you all power. Somebody say all power. Over all the power of the enemy. Think about that for a minute. Is that frame of mind a reflection of your prayer life? Is that the state of mind when you see the enemy at work and things? Are you walking in the true biblical divine authority that Jesus has given you? For there's no reason to have power if you won't take authority. You can have all the power in the world, but if you don't take authority, it means absolutely nothing. We have the power and the power to exercise the authority over what the enemy's doing. And I'm here to tell you, he's running roughshod in some of y'all's life. Anybody want to go a little deeper in joy? You want some more joy? Isn't it nice to know today that you have all power? I mean, I, I wish somebody would get a little excited about that. I mean, because, you know, the disciples came back with pure joy. I think we ought to come back with that pure joy. We have authority, but you've got to exercise it. Can I, I want to give you a, a, a little insight in God. How many know we have a good God? Yeah. Look at your neighbor and say, God is good, baby. If you don't think so, oh, taste and see that he's good. This is what I know about my father. My father's a great motivator. He's always motivating me. And every single thing that I do in the kingdom of heaven, the Father is constantly motivating me to do what's right, to draw into him. Well, watch, watch I'll give you, some, give you a, little, a little thought about, about the Lord. Uh, how, many, how, many, how many know that God delights, God takes pleasure 
and the prosperity of his servant. How many know God takes pleasure in your prosperity? How many know it's God's good pleasure? How many know that's Psalms 35? You may want to write these things down, baby, because you're going to need some help. Psalms 35, verse 27. The Bible says, let them shout for joy and be glad. That favor his righteous cause. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which delighteth, which taketh pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. God wants it to go well with me. God wants it to go well with me. How many of you know that Jesus said in the 12th chapter of, 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 of St. Luke, he says this, let, catch this. He says, fear not, my little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give unto you the kingdom. Think about what I'm telling you. That we have the kingdom. Uh, Contrasted with Psalm chapter 10 verse 10. Y'all know this one. For the enemy cometh not before to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life. And life more abundantly. God wants it to go well with me. He's motivating me. Some of y'all, some of y'all know a little bit of the Sermon on the Mount. Chapter 6 of the Sermon on the Mount, we hear this from the Lord. Watch how God motivates. I'm going to show you something. Watch how God motivates. He says, when you give your alms, when you give, how many know God motivates your giving? (laughs) God motivates your giving. He says, when you give, don't give like the hypocrites, because I love to sound the trumpets in the church, in the synagogue, in the street. He says, but don't give as they give, because all they want to do is be seen of men. He says, verily, verily, I tell you the truth, they have their reward. He says, but when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Watch. And your father, which seeth in secret, shall reward you what? Openly. In other words, God's going to go public in your giving. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I just said. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. That God's going to go public with your generosity. Y'all don't hear what I'm talking about. The Father's always manifesting it this way. What is this? Watch, watch this. Well, I got one person standing. I appreciate you, sis. That, 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 that God will go public in your giving. People are going to wonder why you're so blessed. <laughs> How did you get that? How did you get over that way? You said, I got it through giving to God. Oh, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. Ch- ch- check this out. Check this out. He says, watch this. When you fast. Don't fast like the hypocrites, for they love to make a sad countenance. They disfigure their face to be seen of men. He says, verily, I tell you the truth, they have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head with oil, wash your face, and your father, which seeth in secret, shall reward you openly. What's the open reward of fasting? Hearing the voice of God. Can I teach you something about prayer? Jesus, when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites pray. For they love to stand in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen of men. He says, verily, I tell you the truth, they have the reward. But when you pray, enter into your closet and close the door. And your father which seeth in secret shall reward you openly. Brother, this is... You, you, you say, well, well, what's the reward of a prayer life? God goes public with what you pray about. Better yet, can I tell you what God said he'll do? He says, I'll protect you 
when you pray. Y'all got to hear that because, see, prayer of itself is warfare. He says, I'm going to protect you when you pray. Because when you pray, if you're treading, if, if you're really praying, you're in warfare. If you're really praying, you're in the spiritual realm. And when you get there, baby, I got your back. I'm going to take care of you when you pray, when you pray. When you pray, you see, when I pray, I'm praying against spirits and forces of evil and spiritual wickedness and high places. See, I'm going into dangerous territory. But he says, I got your back, baby. Go in there and let's do some trading. Let's do some stomping in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I'm talking to somebody. We got to go in there and do some stomping in the name of Jesus. All that pitter-patter you're doing in your prayer, baby. Let's get busy in the kingdom of God. He says, I'll protect you when you go. I'm going to help you to tread. I'm going to help you to tread. I'm going to help you to tread. Last Sunday, Elder Rich, which by the way, happy birthday to you. I asked Tammy how old he was. He said he turned 27. Somebody lying. When little white whiskers tell her we ain't in our 20s no more. Check this out. Last Sunday, Elder Rich posed the question, is Jesus in the boat with you? Is Jesus in the boat with you? I pray that you answered that. I pray last Sunday you came to a determination that Jesus is in the boat with you. I pray you understand that, that Jesus is with you. Because we have a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. We have somebody that'll never leave us nor forsake us so that we may boldly say, the Lord is our helper. I pray you got that, baby. I pray you got that. And if you get that, you can ask the next question spiritually. Why is Jesus in the boat? Oh, yeah, I didn't hear what I just said. Uh, you got the is. Do you have the why? Uh, last Sunday, the reference was out of St. Mark chapter 4. Uh, this is a story of Jesus telling the disciples, let us go over onto the other side. There's a why. You, you, we all know the story. They're in a boat, and as they're traveling, Jesus is on the inside of that boat. He's asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Asleep, fast asleep, just sleeping, just resting. How many know it'll take off? Anybody ever done some spiritual work? You know how exhausting it can be. Yeah. Anybody ever done some work in the spirit? You know, sometimes you got to take a nap, baby, because it'll, it'll wear you down. And Jesus is inside the boat. Listen, asleep. Watch this. The Bible says, as they rode that boat, a storm came. This isn't no cruise ship, baby. This is. One of them little boats, you know, this is the kind of boat that throw you around and Jesus is asleep and a storm came. And the Bible says that the disciples rushed down to the innermost part of that boat and they say, don't you care that we perish? The Bible says Jesus got to the front of that boat. The Bible says Jesus extended his hands and said, peace, be still. And the very wind and the storm obeyed his voice. Now watch this. 
he rebuked the storm. He rebuked the storm. Listen, catch this. Listen, listen. He rebuked the storm because it was the enemy trying to keep him from the other side. For had the storm been a storm of God, he would have let it pass on by. No, the storm came because of the why. Why is Jesus in the boat? Because there's spiritual warfare to contend with. We know the why because we have our Bible. So we have the whole story. We can read it for ourselves. The Bible says that when they got over to the other side, Jesus stepped out of the boat and a man. Jesus steps out of the boat and the Bible says a man who had been tormented there of the devil who who abided in the tombs who the city of Gadarene were fearful and terrified of him for times they tried to put him in in cuffs and in fetters and he would bust loose and he came watch this nobody even knew the identity of Jesus and that devil came to the feet of Jesus and the Bible says and he worshipped him and he says I adjure you son of the most high I adjure you Jesus son of the most high torment me not nobody even knew the true identity of Jesus until the devil pointed it out The Bible says, the Bible says that Jesus says, I cast you, this spirit out of this man. And as he was manifesting himself, Jesus says, what is your name? He says, my name is Legion, for we are many. I want you to hear this. The devil said, I adjure you. Jesus, listen, don't. Cast us out of the country. You didn't hear that. The way you're supposed to hear it. You see, the devil says, I have territory here. There's something I'm doing right here that I want to avail with. Please don't send us away. Let us stay here that we might continue to torment the people of this region. This wasn't Jews. These were Gentiles. And Jesus went to the other side to break loose the work of the enemy. Somebody's got to hear it. Somebody's got to hear it. You got to know the why. The reason why Jesus is with you is because he's expecting you to do the work in the kingdom of heaven. And we're going into places. We're treading into places. We're confronting the work of the enemy and the devil himself. And we're saying in Jesus' name, I command you. I adjure you. Loose him. Loose her. There's a why for all of this. There's a why. Could I suggest to you that the devil is trying to torment you? Could I suggest to you that the things that you're seeing manifesting in the lives of your children is a demonic work, not a natural work? Can I suggest to you that illnesses that continue to be manifested in people's lives is a spiritual work first before it becomes medicine in the natural? 
We've got spiritual work to do. That's why God says, because you've made me your habitation. Because you've chosen me to be your resting place, your secret place. I'm going to protect you. Because I'm going to send you to trample over the enemy and over the work of the enemy. This past week, the Spirit of the Lord, he came to me. And he reminded me of a story that I had long since forgotten. There's a story in the 11th chapter of the book of 1 Samuel. And I want you to hear this because the Spirit brought it to me specifically for you. Do you know that there was, that there, there was an Ammonite king who came to besiege a city called Jabesh Gilead in the nation of Israel? And the king's name was Nahash. He would come and besiege cities. And you know what he would offer the men of that city? Either you die by the sword or I gouge out your right eye. It's no wonder that we go back and study that Nahash literally means serpent. Jabesh means confusion and shame. You hear what the enemy is offering? Either I take your life or I maim you permanently. Pick what you want. The inhabitants of that city said, well, let us see if we can find anybody to help us. And isn't it intuitive that it took them seven days to find somebody? And they found help in a man by the name of Saul. Listen to this. The Bible says when the messengers from Jabesh Gilead reached Jerusalem to speak of Saul, of what was happening in their city, that the Bible says that when the people heard it, they wept. They wept. You know what? There are times in my prayer closet that all I do is weep. You know why I weep? I weep for you because I see the enemy running in your life and working you over and taking things that don't belong to him and I get on my knees in my prayer closet and I weep before God because it hurts me to see the enemy doing what he's doing to you and I stand in and I say in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I adjure you, spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus. Because it takes that kind of interaction. you got to get in there and do the work. The Bible says he wept. But watch what happens. The Bible says, and the Spirit of the Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord came over Saul. Watch this. And the Bible says that he was stirred to anger. I've heard a lot of things. The Spirit of the Lord come people. They prophesy. I've heard people the Spirit of the Lord. I've heard that they could speak in tongues. I've heard the Spirit of the Lord and people might work in the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. But how many have ever heard the Spirit of the Lord coming and somebody getting angry? You know, I prayed this past week. I said, Father, send your spirit once again to some of the people in my fellowship, in my flock, to whom you've entrusted me with, that they would get angry again. That you would say to yourself, how dare the devil. That you would get angry with seeing what's happening in your homes and in your families and the things that mean to you. That you would say, I'll never let that happen. That you would stand up in Jesus' name. Begin to do that work. Because Jesus said, I've given you power. I've given you power. 
to tread over serpents and scorpions and I've given you power over all the work of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I'm encouraging you right now to get up and get out into your prayer closet and begin to say right there in Jesus' name, I adjure you, spirit. Spirit of heaviness, spirit of lying, spirit of error, a spirit of Jezebel. Whatever the spirit may be, that we, I would adjure you now in Jesus' name that you would take authority. God said he's with you. God says he's with you. God says he's with you. God said he's going to go into that private place, into that spiritual realm, and he's going to be standing right there with you. Listen, we all know this. We've all heard this before. Listen, listen, I want you to hear this. This is, this, is, this is Peter saying something intuitive to us about the work of the enemy. Watch this. He says, be sober. Be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, a roaring lion, walketh about. You see, he's stomping too. The Bible says, seeking whom he may devour. You see, the enemy's been doing the walking. Have you done any? Uh, Brother and sister, have you been walking in the spirit? Have we been going into the spiritual realm and making declaration for the kingdom of God? Have you been stomping on the devil or has he been stomping on you? Friend, you can have all the power in the world. But until you take that authority into that spiritual realm and make a declaration on behalf of God, that power means nothing in your life. God says, I'm with you. And I'm going to give you the power to tread over lions and adders. You you, you know the lion? He's got a really big roar. You, you, You know the lion? He likes to talk a lot. You, you know him. He likes to make bows. He likes to put thought in your mind that he's going to apprehend you. That nothing will ever go well by you. He uses people to bring you down and to talk to you about things that the devil's going to do. Not what God's doing, but what the enemy has planned for you. You know, it's a lot of talking. It's a lot of roaring. Sometimes we get the serpent. You know how the serpent is? It's that cunning little thing. That snake-like thing. You don't even know you've been bit till after you've been bit by its poison. But you know what my father says? I'm going to give you victory over the voice. And I'm going to give you victory over the secret. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. You in Psalms 149, you in Psalms 149. I could tell you've already lost interest. It amazes me how we should be full of joy that we have the power. Whatever the enemy's doing, you can stop him right now. Whatever his plans are, we can stop him right now. Today, this will be the last step he takes in your life. Be the last step he takes in life. Because the father told me he's going to go public in your prayer life. People are going to say, 
How did you get out of the jam that you were in? You could say, surely. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Are you in Psalms 149? I'll slide your finger down here to verse 5. I'm wrapping this thing up because if you didn't get it by now, you don't want it. No reason to preach a preaching hour if you only want 10 minutes of it. Yeah. <laughs> Psalms 149 verse 5 says this. N- 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 notice, n- notice what it says. Let the saints be joyful. Let the saints, do I got a saint in here? Let the saints be joyful. Let, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and two-edged sword in their hand. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. go. Sleeping with the sword. You know you mean business. When you're sleeping with the knife in your hand. I've heard of people, you know, I know some of y'all. Uh, when you sleep, you have your gun in your nightstand. You got your gun within hand's reach. Should there be any noise in the night? Any steps in the hallway? You got your gun. You see, the saint has the soul of the spirit. Praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Yes, to execute vengeance upon the heathen yes, and punishment upon the people. Yes, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. Look what it says. To execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all the saints. Praise ye the Lord. What? When's the last time that you have executed judgment by what is written? I'll end with this. My master taught me how. My master taught me how to do it. I do it every day. This is what the Bible teaches, St. Matthew chapter 4. And when Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was led into the spirit to be tempted of the devil. We know that the enemy came. He was a hungry. He was tired. And the enemy came. And he tempted him by saying this. If thou be the son of God. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. You think the temptation is in the making of stones to bread. The temptation is an identity. If you are the son of God, command these stones to be turned to bread. Jesus quotes out of Deuteronomy chapter 6. It is written. 
the, the written judgment used against the enemy. What did God say? For men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. He went into his prayer closet with the B-I-B-L-E, the word of God. The Bible says that Jesus took him into the holy city, up into the pinnacle of the temple. And he says, if thou be the son of God, cast yourself down. For the Bible says that God will give his angels charge over thee. That they'll bear thee up with thy hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus, quoting out of Deuteronomy chapter 8, said, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And the Bible says that the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And then he got to the point if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give all of that to you. say it is written only God only he is world only he is Lord we worship him only and the Bible says and the devil left him you know that the book of James says this to you resist the devil and he will flee why because he has no power Why? Because all the power is on the tip of your tongue. Listen, we don't got to go up into heaven and get it. We don't got to go down to hell and get it. It's nigh. It's nighty even on the tip of your tongue. The very kingdom of God. It's time to execute judgment. It's time to speak in our prayer closets. God sent me to tell you that he's going to go public in your prayer closet. He's going to take what you're praying about He's going to show all the people around you the power of prayer. And that's your reward. Will you stand with me just for a moment? Just stand with me just for a moment. Stand with me. Just stand with me. For somebody here, I know that the Spirit of God has sent me to people here who have been praying. And I know you've been praying so earnestly and you've devoted yourself and, you, and, and you've been praying and you're diligent in your prayer closet, but the Spirit of the Lord sent me to tell you, you have to take authority. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to God for the pulling down of strongholds. You see, it's the thoughts that are permeated all around us through spiritual forces. Spirits are are, are taking command over territories, over streets, over cities, over marriages, over people. And they're producing thoughts that are keeping people bound and captive. But God says, I'm going to send you to trample over serpents and scorpions. And I'm giving you all power over all of the power of the enemy 
And I need you to exercise the written judgment. It's time that you go into your prayer closet and you point your finger in the face of all those fallen angels and their purpose to produce every manner of evil over the very matter that God is trying to produce the good. And it's time you point your finger there and say, in Jesus' name, I adjure you. I cast you from this place, from this territory. I command this place to be captivated for God. Jesus said, unless you bind the strong man, how can you spoil the house? And friend, we've got to bind him up. If you're here and you've been praying and you want the thing that you've been praying for, you say, Pastor, I hear what you're saying, that God has sent you to tell me that it's time to take authority, to take written judgment and go into my prayer closet and command those evil forces to be done, to be vanquished, to be subjected to my very word. I want you to make your way to the altar. Every person that's been praying, every person that has a petition before God and you say Lord I want this petition to go public I want people to see your mighty victory I want people to know that you've done a marvelous thing if that's you just come down I ain't gonna ask you twice I'm gonna just just come down if you don't want to come down stay where you are but I believe there's something in moving in the spirit I believe there's something in striking while the iron is hot I believe there's something in obeying the command of the Lord and moving while you can move. For today, it's important that you understand we don't wrestle. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. It's time to stand. It's time to stand. Church, I want you to look around and see all the people that have made petition before God. That, that, that not only want the prayer answered, but they want God to get all the glory. This is what I want you to do. The Bible says God will share his glory with no man. And I want you to affirm right now, God, this be your glory. This be to your glory. This be to your glory. This be to your glory. Go ahead and tell them right now. Say, Father, when people ask me, how was this thing done? How did this thing come about? How was this manifested? How did you see such victory? Friend, tell me. Brother, tell me. Sister, tell me. Uncle, tell me. Daddy, tell me. Mama, tell me. How did this thing come to pass? You can say, because God went public with my prayer life. Mama, Daddy, how did you do it? Brother, sister, how did you do it? Neighbor, how did you do it? You're going to say, I took authority in Jesus' name. 